Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Victoria Benyon, and the founder of the Victoria Benyon Podcast Booking Agency. And you're listening to The Best Guest, the podcast for business owners, creatives, and entrepreneurs who want to harness the power of podcasts to grow their platforms and increase their visibility. We're here to support you on your journey, bringing you actionable tips with each episode. Now, let's begin. Oh, hello and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast, where I'm pleased to be joined by the original Spice Girl from the Island of Spice, Verna Hayward, who is one of our wonderful clients. Welcome, Verna. Hello, welcome. Thank you. (laughs) Welcome. (laughs) I'm glad you could be here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it very much. Oh, you're welcome. So Vern Hayward fled an abusive relationship in Trinidad with just £100 and a suitcase and came to the UK in 1997, determined to be the voice for women in similar situations who have yet to find their own strength. She is the founder of health and wellness business, La Vie, which means life, where she empowers and inspires women. Verna is also the author of the upcoming book, Unstoppable, How to Live an Empowered Life. So again, welcome, Verna. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. So you grew up in Grenada, is that correct? Yes, I was born in Grenada in a place called Cetez, as a country, St. Patrick's. Yeah, so it's a lovely little country, part of the country. Grew up on spices and everything like that because my grandmother had lots of spice in land. So we okay. grew up on spice and everything nature. Everything was nature. Yeah. I think I said to you before, but we went to Grenada when I was three, but um, on a cruise of the Caribbean islands. So very slight memories. Mm-hmm. How lovely it was. <laughs> <laughs> yes. They, they tend to say when the ships are coming into Grenada, they can smell the spices, which is mm-hmm. really because we... We, I think we are second to Indonesia. Indonesia is the only other country that produces more like cocoa and probably probably nutmeg really? and things than us. So especially nutmeg, because nutmeg is our main, it's on our flag because nutmeg is very I didn't know that. Okay. Yes, it's quite it's quite nice. So we had nutmeg. So we used to export nutmeg. Mm-hmm. We used to export cocoa and things right. like that. So we have lots of different spices and it's you know, it's the spice of life, really. Oh, absolutely. So I'm assuming that this had quite an influence on your approach to health and wellness. Yes, it has. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was growing up. And my grandmother used to give us these lotions and potions to drink, especially after a mango season or a plum season, whatever season it was. She used to tell us, eat as much of that while it's in season because Mm -hmm. your body needs the enzyme. Nice thing. What's she talking about? Enzymes? What's that? (laughs) And she giving us these things and it used to taste bitter, whether that was bitter bush, whether that was Corali, whether that was aloe vera, whatever it was, we had to take it. And it was, nowadays we say detox. Mm-hmm, we Those do. days we said purge. You right. know, you need to purge your body out. You need to cleanse your body, getting your body ready for the next season. So for her, it was not medication. Mm-hmm. Whatever we had, whatever condition we had, whatever problem we had, it was in the garden. Go to the garden, go to the back of the house, buy the mango tree, buy this tree. And she's telling you exactly where to go and what to pick and bring for her. So everything was there. The only time we went for injection was for polio and typhoid and tetanus. Everything else yeah. was in the garden. Even if we, we got cut, 
It was in the garden. There was some bush he will take and clean, clean the wound and melt it over fire and put whatever ointment she had in it and then put it on the wound and wrap the wound. So, yeah, so everything was very natural. Very natural. Yeah. But at the same time, I used to think this woman is trying to kill us. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that must have been puzzling as a child. (laughs) So you talk a lot about the seven pillars of health in your work. Could you talk through what they are for those of us that don't know? Yes. So the seven pillars of health is um, you have your emotional, your social, your physical, your spiritual, your environmental, your financial. So you have those pillars and, and those pillars form your, it's like you have a foundation. So you have to have a foundation. Sometimes somebody asked me this question recently when I answered the question, because When you have been through abuse and you want to walk away from it, especially if you are not working, the first thing you think about, how am I going to cope? I don't have any money. I don't have this. We always think about, yes, we have to have that financial where we, in terms of money, but it's not just about money. It's about, because you have it within you. I don't think women understand or know the power they've got. I mean, I'm learning every single day and some things that have been deposited into my heart. I'm thinking, why didn't I think of that before? We are birthers. We birth things. We bring things into, you know, into. We, we, it comes from the inside, you understand? And okay. I think we take it for granted. We take what we've got for granted or we think we are powerless. And because we're releasing our power to someone else, because they probably told us when we were younger, a woman must be seen and not be heard. So when we have when we have been programmed all these years to be like that, then we think when we get married or when something happened to us when we were younger, we have to live in that past. We have to mm-hmm. carry all that baggage. But we just need to take that baggage off and step into our power because we have everything within us. Oh, it's on the inside of us to take that power and to go with it. So I was thinking back when we talk about, when I talk about the seven pillars, and I was thinking particularly about financial. And if I had allowed that to stop me because I didn't have the money to do the things that I needed to do to get away, mm-hmm. if I had allowed that to stop me in my tracks, I may not know you. No. I may have traveled the world. You understand? Absolutely. I'm going back to study um, holistic therapies. I would not have done my travel and tourism. I would not have gone back to university and did my degree in international spam management. I would not have worked on cruise liners. I would not have met Celia Eden, my lecturer who was doing my beauty to say to me, Verna, you have a gift. Go and use your gift. Then come back and go to university. So we make money an issue. We make Oh, I don't have this and I don't. We always did don't, the don't, the don't. Yeah, scarcity. Yes. Yeah. Scarcity mindset. Yeah. yeah. And that just stops us dead in our tracks. But if you look at it, it will yes. come. But it's yes. all about what we say to ourselves. Yes. The thought, yeah. The yeah. thought will come. And if we take that thought and let that thought into our heart, Mm-hmm. If it gets into the soul, then it starts, it's no longer in the head. The head tells you one thing, but the thought come and if you leave, if you get rid of that, because it's just a thought, you can get rid of that yes. thought and you won't come. <laughs> but oh. you punish it. <laughs> you know That's what I mean? so true. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. 
So it was 1997 that you left Trinidad. 1997. With just a hundred pounds and a suitcase. It was a daunting thing because to leave somewhere, you know, I could have gone back to Grenada, you know, yes. but then I thought, why go backwards? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I could have gone to the States and I thought, okay, if I go to the States, my auntie lives in New York and I have cousins in New York. And I thought, okay, but he had family in New York and the Caribbean community is, they tend to know one another. And right. that means I'm going to be too close because I don't know the, mm. you know, how far it is. So I thought England was the safest place. I had auntie and auntie in, in London and I had my uncle in London. I thought, okay, I don't know them because I've never seen them. I've never seen either of my auntie or my uncle. But when I was getting married, my auntie, who is my mom, twin sister, identical twin sister, because my mom went missing in 1983. And to this day, I don't know whether my mom is alive or dead. I've never seen her again after that. My goodness. That one time when I saw her. So my auntie came to represent my mom as my mother for the wedding. And that's the first time I lay my eyes on my aunt. And when I saw her at the airport, I thought, that's my mom. That's how identical they were, you know. And then when we we got to chatting and everything like that, it became clear that we were just making up so many years. And my then fiancé thought, well, okay, you're spending all this time you were alone, you didn't have any family, how come all of a sudden you have this family? You're spending so much time. So there was a little bit of jealousy. So when he started showing that, I decided that, you know, I probably need to take a step back. And my auntie was like, no, you don't need to do that. He's just jealous. I'm going to go back to England. You don't need to do that. You have your whole life ahead of you. So that's what made me went ahead and get married. But when I came to England, it was like I needed to get as far away as possible. As right. far as he can get it so he can never touch me. I don't have to be so fearful. Because when fear hits you, when fear grabs you, Oh my gosh, it's an awful thing. Yeah, it can be very paralyzing, can't it? Yeah, very paralyzing. Yeah. So, but I you didn't let it stop you? No, because I was working in the hospital, right. I was working in the accounts department, and we had to move our department from the Port of Spain General Hospital to St. Anne's, whereas we have the sanitarium, we call it the madhouse, basically. And I was working there and I thought, okay. Father, Father, when I say Father, I mean, my God, Father, God, Mm -hmm. Father, you said in your word, you would never leave me nor forsake me. You said in your word that you hide me under the shadow of your wings and my cares are forever before you. You said all of that. You said you hold me in the palm of your hands. So it doesn't matter who is in the world, how many millions and millions of people is in the world. I am in the palm of your hands and my cares are forever before you. So I'm not dying in this marriage and I'm not going mad. I'm only working here, not going mad. So at the time you didn't think you know, it was affirmation, you know, you didn't yeah. think when you say an affirmation because all I remember is that the word of God says, meditate on my word, let it be in your mouth day and night. But you're not thinking it's only now we're hearing about affirmations and you're hearing about mental health and all these yes. things that are coming. But you were thinking about way back when I was growing up, those things were, nobody mentioned those words because nobody wanted no, to. No, they didn't have that they were name. Like, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, oh my but God. So, doing that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, 
So, yeah. So, and then I started that I wanted to go to England. This is the way I wanted to go. And um, after we got married and the, the abuse, it, I saw it before. You know, right. when you see things before, but you're thinking it's you, it's yes. not, you know, you're thinking, yeah. no, that is me. It's not, that's not happening. It's me. And you taking all the responsibility for that. And you, you, you're seeing it, but you're still going into it, thinking you can change it and you can't. Don't yeah. ever go into any relationship thinking you can change that person. Unless that's that person is willing to change, you can't change anyone. Mm-hmm. They have to want to change from the inside out. Yeah. And so I had to make that decision. Okay, do I stay? Do I go? So I remember coming from church one Sunday and he started and I had a friend with me. And I just thought, you know what? I have to make my escape. So the first thing to do is to get my passport out of the house. First thing I did, gave my friend my passport. And then I said, I'm walking my friend down the road, walking my friend. So my friend had my passport. I knew he was going to search me. I knew he's going to search me just what I'm leaving the house with. You know what I mean? Saying yes. Yes. So I gave her my passport. It was in her handbag. He's not going to search her. He can't. So that's once my passport was out of the house. Yeah. My plan started. And how did you leave Trinidad? Was it on a boat? No, no, no. I left Trinidad. I left Trinidad on a plane. I used it because I had left home after one incident. I decided I was leaving the house completely. So I left. And then other church members kind of convinced me to go back because he went and talked to the pastor that he's not going to do it again and and all these different Uh things. And that's just talk. That's just talk. It's going to, oh, I love you and all these things. And I remember, I know this is going to sound a little bit crude. I remember one night he was making love to me, what he called love. Mm -hmm. Um, Because uh, most people think having intercourse is love. It's not Mm -hmm. And uh, when he was doing that and saying, I love you, I said to him, I said, who are you trying to fool? Sure. Who are you trying to fool? Me or you? Because you're not fooling me. You understand? You're not fooling me at all. So do what you have to do. <laughs> do what you have to do. <laughs> yes. Just, you know, because women, we have to be real about this because yes. women will sit there and take it. <laughs> Why? Yeah. This you have something precious. You have something golden. My grandmother used to say to me, "If I hear you go with any boy, I'll put pepper in there, and nobody will. You're not going to be able to use it because that is <laughs> that is precious. You have yes. something precious. You are not a scissors. Absolutely. Oh, what does that mean? Not a scissors. <laughs> Open and close. I don't know. <laughs> I like that. I've never heard that before. <laughs> My grandmother had a sense of humor, but the way she used to come yeah. up with it, but I couldn't understand it. But you know, when you grow up, she's right. Yeah, yeah. absolutely <laughs> valuing it. She was a woman who couldn't read or write, but my word, did she know how? My grandmother probably owned 13 acres of land and she couldn't read or write. She sounds very wise. Very, very wise woman. Very, very wise woman. And it was so, so hilarious that I thought, okay, how could you come up with that? So I made a decision, you know, it's not about, love is deeper than that. Absolutely. Love is deeper. Love is unconditional. When somebody say they love you, they should really mean that they love you. It's Mm -hmm. not just not lip service. If we love one another, 
we will get rid of lots of poverty, lots of the things that are happening in the world because love conquers all. But it doesn't mean you have to stay there and be trodden on, walked. No. doesn't mean you have to do that at all. So you just have to be bold because you are strong and you are courageous. You are powerful and you just have to step in your power. You've got to see yourself as powerful. You've got to see what you've got inside of you. So it took me some time to really learn that. And I think I started from very young when I, when I first got abused as a very, very young age sexually. And I said it to my auntie and others and they didn't believe. They said it was, you know, I wasn't telling the truth. My mom didn't believe. And I just thought, okay, I'm never going to say anything again because then I was threatened. If you say anything, I'll kill you. If you say anything, I'll kill you. Who can you tell? Because if the adults is not believing you, who can you talk to that will stand in your corner? Because I was going to Sunday school, I had lots of things that I was learning and I started using those. Um, one of the things that, you know, the word of God says is that train a child in the way it should grow and when they get old, it will not depart from it. And if you don't train your child properly and it's that misbehaving, it's not the child's fault. It's true. It's not the child's fault. It's what the child has seen happening mm-hmm. that is causing the child to behave in that way. So it's not the child's fault. And you have got to realize that you have a part to play. And so I didn't start saying anything. So I started, I think from then going back, I realized that because I had those things to hold on to, I almost had like a guardian angel around me, protecting me. Yeah. You understand? So I was then able to to use that to reflect and revitalize. So all the things that I'm using in my practice as a holistic therapist and working into now designing a course to teach women to reflect, revitalize and renew. Yes. Because reflection doesn't mean you want to live in the past. That's not what it is reflection we have to reflect because when we reflect we can see okay what did we do right and what did not work yeah that's really important isn't it yes 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 because it's like driving a car if you don't look in your review mirror how would you know what's behind you yes if you don't look at your side mirrors how would you know how close you are to the curb or mm-hmm. close to another car that will then, if you hit each other, so many people's lives are affected. How yes. would you know if you don't look ahead and probably look six cars ahead to see what's happening in front of you? So you have to reflect. There must come a reflection point. Yeah, that's so important. You know, and then you're able to move on. And after you reflect, you're thinking, okay, how can I use that? How can I use that to then revive, revive myself, to refresh myself, to rejuvenate myself, to re-energize myself, <laughs> you know? And, and as you begin to do that, again, you go back and you're using words again to build you up, to build up your most holy faith. Because there is three things, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest yes. is love. Yeah. So yes. you're going to be doing that. And then when you do all of that, then come the renewal. So you have, it's like you get rid of all the confusion, all the thing that confusing you, you're rewiring your brain. 
it getting rid of all those negative thoughts that said you're not good enough because I would, you know, my husband would say, oh, you can't do anything. You don't know anything. You're not good enough, you know, and you, you start thinking maybe they're right. These exactly are voices. Yeah. If you're not strong enough in yourself or not feeling strong enough. Yeah. yeah. So it's just a suppression. You know, they, they can, they recognize strength when they see strength, but you, the sad thing is you don't recognize your own strength. You know, you do not recognize your own strength. And I suppose one of the things, one of the songs that really got to me was Tina Turner. What love got to do with it? It's mm. <laughs> only a secondhand emotion, <laughs> but love has everything to do with it. <laughs> Yes, it does. <laughs> love has everything to do with it because if you're going to just stay there to be a doormat, then uh, yeah, what love got to do yeah. with it? Yes. But love has everything because the first I've got to think, I suppose we were thought as women as well, we should never think about ourselves first. It's selfish. Yeah. Put yeah. Everybody absolutely. else first. Yeah. It's put so that, ingrained, isn't it? It's so ingrained. It's so ingrained to put yourself last. Yes. Because if you do, then something is wrong with you. Mm. Absolutely not. If you don't put yourself first, who will? Yeah. And you don't have anything to give, do you? If you're not looking after yourself. No, no. You, can, you, you can't just give everything. You can't just give all your energy to everybody else mm-hmm. and not put some in the storehouse for you. You have to have your storeroom yes. and put store, store some up for you. Yeah, I think so you don't so. get depleted. Yeah, because so. you don't have anything to give, do you, if you're not looking after yourself? And mm-hmm. I think it's taken me a long time to realize that. But if you're just, if you're not putting anything back, yet you don't have anything great to give the people around you, your children no. or your husband or no. your friends. No. And this is where the shouting comes in. You're shouting at one another. You're, yes. you're doing all of this thing. You, you're becoming resentful. You're becoming agitated. Yes, you do. You're angry. You know what I mean? And all yeah. that anger coming out and you're thinking, oh my gosh. That's so, right. You're just feeling with, yeah, it just really builds up, doesn't it? Inside, like nobody even notices everything I do and I'm doing so much. And yes, whereas you're much more pleasant to be around if you take that time, that self-care and build yeah. yourself. Yeah. It is not selfish. That is being no. compassionate. That is having empathy. You know, you, you, you're empathizing with yourself and yes. thinking, I have more. There is more in the storehouse. There is more in the tank. I have more to give, but you can only give that when you take care of number one. Yes. Number one, number one, because number one has to take care of number two, three, four, five. You have to take care of everybody (laughs) else. Everybody else, because everybody will run to you. They will run to you for a solution and you have got to be in that place yeah. Yeah. Such good advice. I think it's so amazing that you've been through all these experiences, which really could have crushed you. And yet it's really made you strong. Yeah. I think I, I didn't know my own strength. I have a friend in Georgia and my friend would say to me that you don't know how strong you are. You know, you have been through all of this and I don't know how you've done it. You get to travel the world, you get to go back to university, you get to change your life. But still in that time, even though I knew that I wanted to be a voice for women, I still was being silent about it. I wasn't really coming out because some family members don't want you to talk about 
these things that has happened to you because of why are you going back? Why are you opening your closet? Well, if you think about it, in your closet, you have some clothes that don't fit you. <laughs> you do. <laughs> yes, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, but you're thinking, I'm going to hold on to it. I don't want to get rid of it. You have some clothes in your closet that don't fit you. You have to get rid of it. Some of them too tight. They're really too tight. They know, yeah. They're not used to you. They're just, mm-hmm. yeah. Some of them are too big. You know yeah. what I mean? Why are you, why are you carrying on all that weight, you know, having that? Why are you carrying that heavy load? So yeah. when you declutter, you declutter your closet, it's like, oh my gosh, you can see everything in it. It's the same thing with the mind. It's the same thing with the mind. You have to declutter and you have to think about who is around you, who is around you that you need to, that is holding you back, that is standing in your way. You know what I mean? So for me, it was like, do I get up or do I sit down? And I remember when I went to Grenada, I think it was in 2002, my cousin said to me, she said, Vern, I'm so proud of you. And I said, why? She said, because you didn't born with a gold spoon in your mouth. Right. Why are you saying that? She said, don't you know when you were very, very young that you were abused at a very young age? And that's why you were taken from Sertes and brought to Miss Thompson, my great grand So I said, no. And she started telling me the story. Oh, really? But I then went and then went to my uncle and I said, uncle, did you know this had happened? And he said, who told you? <laughs> and I told him who told me. And he said, she had no right. No, right, absolutely no right. She doesn't know anything. So this was kept from me, but she made me aware. She said, you are so strong. She said, just in the way that you walked out of your marriage, I admire you so much. She said, you took guts to do that. When you really walked did. Away, you know? So, and still then I didn't know my own strength. I didn't know my own strength until my friend started saying to me, Verna, you are so strong. Only things you have gone through and yet you are able to do, accomplish those things. You are a world traveler. You travel the world. You meet different people, different cultures. And I suppose that because of what I've been through has allowed me to be the person that I am, to see people as one. We are all one. It's only one race. It's Mm -hmm. a human race. We're not black, we're not white, we're not brown. Yes, we have a texture, skin texture. We have different texture to our skin, but we are all one. You cut me, you cut you. What do we find? What starts to come out? Blood. And it is the same color. There's no difference. It's the same. Right. It's a powerful message. Yeah. I like it. So you have a course. If people want to work with you, could you tell yes. us about that? Yes. I have the course is called unstoppable resilience to so the courses unstoppable resilience three powerful practices to take your power back it's part of the three steps to wholeness and is a three r's which is reflect revitalize and renew but before we can come to that new new renewal stage we need to detox now yes. when people talk about detox they will first say well i'm not an alcoholic no it doesn't mean that Detoxes mean cleansing, purging. So you're getting rid of the, the old stuff, the thing that is not serving you, getting rid of all of that. Because once you get rid of all of that, you renew and start that refreshing, re- revival, revitalizing take place. So yes, I'm really excited about it. I'm really excited to 
take women on a journey where they can rediscover who they are. You know, we always say from the best version of ourselves. We are the best version. We don't need to become the best version. We just need to tap into it and be who we are called to because we are all unique. We all have something to give. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. So thank you so much for coming to talk to us today. So if people wanted to learn more about your course, can you tell people where to go to find you? www.lavierefresh.co.uk. Okay. Well, we'll link to everything in the show notes as well. uh, So people can see where to, you know, learn more about your course. Well, thank you very much for coming on today. It was great to hear all about your journey. Thank you very much for having me. And thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak to your guests. I appreciate it very much. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Best Guest Podcast today. I'll talk to you again in the next episode.